Brothers and sisters, I invite you now to read with me from God's Word, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 6, we'll start at verse 7. Mark 6, we'll read verses 7 to 13 and then verse 30 to 45. And he, that's Jesus, called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from thee. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. And so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Continue verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on food from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing, and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples who sat before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up a twelve basket full of broken pieces of fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, where while he dismissed the crowd. So far, reading from God's Word. The text this morning will be verse 31 
A and verse 34. I'll read that with us again. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. And verse 34. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. response to the preaching, let us sing hymn 13, stanzas 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. The weak and the weary he revives. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, brothers, sisters, young and old, during the past few months, and especially in the past few weeks, it was remarkable to me how many people I spoke to uh, would respond on the question, how are you going, with, ah, it's going okay, it's just busy, full on. Tired eyes and faces, and or regular yawn, reflected mental and, and physical fatigue. And maybe it's due to some, some winter blues. But overall, the workload is heavy. Supply lines frustrates many people in the business. At times, even quite overwhelming for many of us. And this general fatigue results most likely also from the, the lasting dramatic impact of, of the COVID virus and the restrictions to, pre- to prevent, to pre- prevent um, spreading had an impact, a huge impact. On us, our families, the commercial industry, shops, everything. And that result that people have got more money to spend. The general consumer has been spending money on all kinds of luxuries, even with rising fuel prices and interest in rates. And for many tradespeople, I heard that they can't keep up with the customer demands. And yet materials are not readily available as before, causing frustration. Many businesses need to think outside of the box to deal with the current pressures. Overall, the challenging economic environment we are living in is, is quite draining, even though we are compared to other states in a very blessed position here in WA. But people are simply tired. And, and this also touch our spiritual life, our spiritual well-being before God. Because we still try to keep up with that as well. 
However, this too suffers due to our physical and mental fatigue. We just struggle to find enough energy to, to attend a Bible study or other meetings. And then when we do attend, we struggle to, to stay awake. Office bearers show genuine fatigue already now, let alone at the end of the year or the end of their terms. And although this fatigue is sometimes self-inflicted due to overloaded agendas, and I'm not pointing out this to try to create a guilty feeling, but overall it's good for us to, to put this reality in the light of God's Word. We will find direction and comfort from God's Word in dealing with all the pressures from which we simply just can't run away. Brothers and sisters, our text helps us with this. Our Lord Jesus, who on earth knew exactly how it felt to be fatigued, He was fully human like us. He too fell asleep on a boat after a long day of preaching. But He also provided rest and refreshment for His people. And the way He did it in our text, though, is remarkable. remarkable. Because he not only gave, gave spiritual rest, but also physical and mental rest, and practical refreshment, food to strengthen the flock for the moment, but also for the road ahead. He fulfilled Psalm 103 by refreshing his people in all kinds of special ways. And let's see how the gospel according to Mark displays this. So I've summarized our text as follows. Jesus Christ refreshed his wearied flock. We'll consider three aspects. He does this by instructing them to rest, by shepherding their souls, and by nurturing them abundantly. Jesus Christ refreshed his wearied flock, first by instructing them to rest. Brothers and sisters, I'm sure we all know after completing a long day or week of hard labor or studying, that, that feeling of in the couch, feet on the table, mission accomplished. Yet the thought about the next day or the next week, another week of a huge mountain of work is, is, is quite daunting. We are often exhausted, drained, and Dreading what lies ahead. We try to catch our second breath, but sometimes even this seems impossible. So what do you do? How do you process what we experience today? Well, first, we, we don't have to be surprised about this. Congregation, didn't God, after the fall in sin, declare in Genesis 3, verse 17 to 19, that our daily task and our cultural mandate will, will be affected by, by the curse on, on sin? And in this regard, our daily fatigue is simply the, the result of, of our original sin, our fall in paradise, in Adam and Eve. And yet, God, before announcing this, this punishment, He first made the mother promise 
about a savior, Genesis 3.15. God will send the one who, according to Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31, will also redeem by providing rest. He saves from the result of the fall by reviving the weary. And this Savior promised in Isaiah 40, He came. He came in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And in His ministry, He was working hard. But He also involved His 12 apostles, as Mark calls them in Mark 6.30. He involves them for this task in the kingdom by sending them out into the mission field. And we read in chapters six, chapter 6, verse 7, that Jesus sent them out in six teams of two. They received the mandate to cast out unclean spirits and to preach the gospel of God's saving work in Himself. The gospel of the forgiveness of sins and of repentance and of the feet of Satan. And they went out, fulfilled their task, and they came back. And the response, congregation of the disciples to their mandate is recorded in verse 12. They rejoiced after returning to Jesus. Lord, that was amazing. We've never done anything like this before. It was clear that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, greatly blessed their work. Yet it was still a challenging outreach, hard work, even strong opposition. This was emotional, draining work. And was, it's also possible that the news of the death of John the Baptist, mentioned in verse 14 to 29, added some extra emotional pressure on them. And so after this blessed outreach, an exhausted group of apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to their sender. But Mark tells us that they did not return alone from their mission. They couldn't leave their work behind and proverbially close the door of their ministry office in the towns of Galilee because the crowds clung to them, hang on them. Verse 31 implies they were coming and going. In fact, so many people came back with the disciples to Jesus that as they arrived... The disciples still had no time to eat. The crowd continued to demand their attention. One of them wanted to hear more about the Messiah or more about the defeat of sin and Satan. Wanted also to have more of their sick healed and, and their demon possessed clenched. And so, even after their return, the apostles remained busy, busy, busy. And given the crowds milling around them, there wasn't an end inside to this business. That's tiring. 10, 12 hour days of talking, teaching, preaching, healing. And loved ones, Mark shows us that our Lord Jesus Christ didn't ignore their fatigue. He didn't say, you know, get on. We've got work to do. Pull up your socks. Now, in his mercy, he decided to seek rest for them. They needed a break. And maybe this is a bit of advice 
to us too. We, we, we can appreciate this in our busy lives, don't we? Like with all these children who are not slaves of their daily calling, these weary disciples needed an opportunity to recharge their drained batteries. And so, hopping into a nearby boat and taking off to their resting spot in the, on the other side of the Galilean Sea, or some 10 kilometers further, that all shows us that how highly our Lord values rest. Working without resting, taking time off, working without or being busy without taking a vacation, performing all duties related to one's career, and not taking time for relaxation, for calm discussion, for prayer, for, doesn't, for, for med- meditation. That doesn't fit Jesus' working ethics and labor regulations. Jesus wants us to rest. And he was, and he's still sympathetic to to his children, to his flock. In this case, to his apostles. Because he also felt the curse resting on the human nature in his own body. And he, being fully acquainted with their needs, invited them to come to rest at their usual quiet place, some 10 kilometers from Bethsaida, just across the Jordan. However, brothers and sisters, it is clear from our text that the rest that Jesus provided had, had a deeper meaning than, than simply enjoying some physical or emotional relaxation. The term Mark uh, used in the original text catches also the, the, the purpose for rest. And, and what is that? Well, we, we know from the Bible that the Lord has created you, humanity to, to care for God's world. And so rest is given with a view to being refreshed for further service. And this is, to Jesus, the goal and the purpose of rest, relaxation. And that's why His Heavenly Father instituted the Sabbath and gave the fourth commandment for us to rest. This day of rest provides us with the opportunity to be refreshed mentally, emotionally, and particularly through the preaching of the gospel, to be equipped and to be encouraged to, to pick up our daily task again. We are not to, to work just to pay the bills and then enjoy time off. Neither do we rest for the sake of resting. No, we take time off so that we are equipped again to serve. Which means if you want to serve the Lord or continue to serve the Lord, rest, relaxation is part of the package. And the rest that our Lord gives is more than just relaxing the body and the mind. It is about receiving encouragement from Him. It's about the refreshing of the inner man. To serve Christ's kingdom with more joy and diligence. And so when Jesus now takes instructs his disciples to, to rest a while, not just five minutes, no, a while, a certain time, 
he, he did not only want the disciples to, to simply catch a nap. He wanted to refresh. He wanted to strengthen them, to encourage them. So that he and his kingdom should remain their focus. And that they are able to continue to focus on the Lord. And so they soon discovered that this rest involves Jesus Christ refreshing words through which he shepherded their souls. And this brings us to the second aspect. Congregation is clear from the text that the multitude knew where Jesus and his disciples were going. And so they followed on food. It wasn't far away when one combines Mark's description of this text with the versions of the other three Gospels, especially John 6, verse 3 and 5. It seems that Jesus and the disciples, the apostles, arrived first at their selected spot. And so they had some time, some rest during the boat trip, although even that was a bit of work. But they, but once they land again, went up the hill and they rested for a little while in seclusion from the great multitude. But that did not last long. The crowd showed up again. And it's remarkable here, brothers and sisters, how Jesus reacted to, to this renewed interruption of their rest. He had all the right to, to be annoyed with the crowd. Like we are often annoyed when somebody interrupts our rest or, or holidays. But did Jesus scold them for, for disturbing their rest? In a sense like, come on people, please, can we just have a little bit of a break? It's not like we haven't spent time with you. Can't you come back sometime later again? I mean, my disciples, they, and me too, we need a break, you know. Now the answer is in verse 34. When he saw the crowd gathering on the shore, he went out to meet them because he was moved with compassion for them. Jesus, instead of being irritated, his heart went out to them. And it is true, they were the crowd were maybe not as emotionally drained as his disciples, but, but Jesus understood the spiritual weariness of this people. And in his love, he takes their burdens at heart. He sympathized with them. But with Jesus, sympathy is not just a feeling. It is rather a tender response which transforms into helpful action. He identifies with us, not in a once-off action, but in a whole series of deeds. This is a profound and a powerful way evident in our text. Jesus refreshes them by first teaching them words of life and beauty. He told them more about the marvelous kingdom of God and how to enter this kingdom. Luke 9 verse 11. And on top of this, he refreshed them by healing the sick and the demon possessed among them and eventually by by feeding them. And all this compassion was, was prompted by the observation that the crowds were 
like sheep not having a shepherd, verse 34. That reminds us of Moses who led Israel out of Egypt and shepherded them in the wilderness, Numbers 27, verse 17. It reminds us of what Ezekiel 34, verse 23 and 25 says about King David, King David's shepherding. But now what we find is that the true shepherd provided divine rest for his weary people. Only he could truly invite, come to me all our labor and our heavy laden, I will give you rest. And I know this is more for spiritual resting, but it includes emotional rest. Isn't this why Psalm 23 resonates so well with us? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. This is exactly what he does every Sunday. He shepherds our souls with his word. He's the good shepherd looking after our spiritual life often so affected by our physical and emotional fatigue. Maybe, brothers, this is something we can think about. Do we still allow the Lord to give us rest, emotional, spiritual, even physical rest, by enjoying this day and of worship and, and just let go? Let, let go of our weekly concerns. Really taking time off. Not having conversations about work all the time. Or about the busyness of this past week and the busyness of the next week. Just switching off, resting, worshiping. Let Christ, let the Good Shepherd, shepherd us to and through rest. And John 10, the famous chapter about Christ's perfect shepherding, is, is in this regard in full display here in our text. The 5,000 plus crowd that, that day at the Galilean Lake were not well tended by, by the would-be shepherds and the church leaders of those days. They, they were hirelings who were too occupied with legalistic details about Sabbath restriction and fasts and tithing and, and tassels to be considered about rather than to be considered about weary souls. And thus, with shepherding compassion, Jesus continued to tirelessly refresh his people. But with this in turn, on focus, uh, this turn of focus to the crowd, it, it seems now as if Jesus forgot about his worn down disciples. It seems as if this whole rest period or time which Jesus suggested was kind of just evaporating before their own eyes. And again, they, they could not enjoy time off, and of real time off, or eating something. And, and the sun was also setting, and it was time for the crowd to go home or, or to the neighboring towns for afternoon tea. The Christ-given refreshing break they were just starting to enjoy disappeared like the sun behind the horizon. Especially when Jesus instructed them to provide the crowd with food. Verse 37. Try to rest while suddenly you get the instruction to feed hundreds of families. That's not very restful. 
What's happening here? And even if they would have had enough money to buy food for all these people, it would have been impossible for these 12 men to visit every grocery store in the surrounding towns and gather enough for all of them. And it appears that all this, this created a lot of unrest amongst themselves, especially for two disciples, Philip and Andrew. That's what we read in John 6. And the disciples appear to respond a bit irritated, well, just like we do too. They were at a loss what to do. And this despite all the miracles that they have already witnessed and performed themselves. Feeding this big crowd? Come on, Jesus, that's a step too far. Send them away. Let them look after themselves. And again here, brothers and sisters, it, it confronts us with, with, with our limitations, the limitations of the disciples. They felt that they've done enough for the day. Yes, the limitations are genuine. They are very real. They were tired. They needed the rest. It's simply getting rid of annoying people is not the solution either. It is certainly not God's way of doing things. And it's precisely this truth which Jesus now wishes to teach his disciples. And so encourage, refresh them too through the gospel. Because Jesus wants his disciples at this time, tired as they are, to to ask, to seek, to knock. There to discover the refreshing notion that human limitations are not a problem in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants them to claim God's promises in prayer, to go to Him who can supply for every need even though themselves felt tired and burned out. And so Jesus, knowing what unforgettable miracle uh, he's about to perform, guided their minds and their souls to this bigger, this, this more refract, refreshing act of grace. And therefore his question, he didn't scratch his ear and say, yeah, you guys got a point I'm not going to, I don't know how to solve this. No, no, he asked, what is the status of our food supplies? Now, when they inquired, some young lad offered them omega five flat bread cakes with two fish. And in the response, you send some of this, ah, oh, just a few bread and fish. That's what, how they answered Jesus. That's maybe good enough to feed one person, maybe two. But it's a drop in a bucket full crowd this big. I mean, it's one thing to, to feed them with the bread of life. But how could they ever tend to their hungry stomachs? Could Jesus provide here too? They didn't even ask the question. Brings us to the third aspect. Jesus refreshes his people by nurturing them abundantly. Congregation, we've come to the point in our text where, where the moment broke, where the shepherd's soul care merged with his abundant nurturing. And Jesus instructing for the crowd to be arranged in manageable groups, 
started a miracle. And the miracle is already in them sitting together. Jesus instructed for the crowd to be arranged in manageable groups. Try to do that with 5,000 people just on the hilly side. But he did it. And the fresh spring grass was an inviting green carpet to lay on. And then Jesus demonstrated what effect God's blessing has on the limited ability of his servants. For from those five loaves and two fish, Jesus Christ, after blessing the food himself, and thus miraculously multiplying it, spreads the feast before the crowd of 5,000 men plus their women and children. Indeed, the miracle is so great that the 12 disciples end up with, with an extra basket of food each. You see, my dear exhausted brother and sister, refreshment from Jesus is all about providing us with all physical, spiritual refreshments. And physical needs, refreshment, so that we can continue, carry on with the work given. We are also sitting on grassy meadows, provided for by the Lord. And maybe we sometimes feel like the disciples, inadequate to, to do the task that we have received, even in providing for others. And the work that's awaiting us might make us feel overwhelmed. But our text clearly shows that our fatigue, our tiredness, is never too much for our Lord to handle. He gives rest. He cares for His children because He loves them. And He can powerfully do it as the Son of God. We may know that in His kingdom our labor is never in vain because He provides for us. Since the kingdom is His, there can never be ultimate opposition or setbacks. Nothing will break us down to the point that we cannot be lifted up by Him, our Savior, our Shepherd. If our Lord is pleased to use broken, sinful people in His kingdom, who can prevent that the limited efforts of His people to bear fruit um, will result in praise to Him? Even despite regular fatigue. And so what encouragement for us too as we see the, the amazing mountain of work before us in home, church, and school. The Lord will provide. Sadly, from Mark 8, verse 17 to 21, we see that the disciples had not learned to stop looking at the events around them or their own limitations. It took them a while to, to, to learn the lesson Christ wished to impress on them. Eventually they learned, after the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, the disciples learned to trust in the Spirit of Christ to strengthen them. Certainly they were confronted with their own limitations, sinfulness, and their forgetfulness, also their fatigue, and their fear of persecution. But this did not prompt them to, to give, give up, performing the task that they have received, because they know who their shepherd were. They discovered that God was, was pleased to use broken people, weak people, in the strength of His Spirit. And to continuously refresh them, care for them as a shepherd, abundantly. 
and to continue to involve them, despite their limitations, in the coming of His kingdom. And so, brothers and sisters, when we feel at times quite fatigued, tired, we are aware of our limitations. When we experience brokenness, when we look at the the work ahead of us in this crazy post-COVID times, and that when we feel that our abilities are not up to the demands, and that this altogether is enough to knock the wind out of our sails, let us kneel before Jesus Christ. Let us be fed, nurtured by Him in abundance. Let the gospel impress on us, upon us how great He indeed is. To the point that there's no ground for despair. Let us be taken by the hand and led aside and rest a while and be refreshed. Especially on today, a day like today, the first day of the week. Let us rest. Encouraged by Christ for this week. We may know that we are not slaves of our work. We are simply servants of the most almighty King Jesus Christ. We don't serve ourselves. We serve Him and His kingdom. We don't have to make an idol of our Calvinistic work ethics. But simply worship Jesus Christ. He refreshes. He nourishes us, our hungry and our thirsty souls, in real life, but also every now and then at this table. The Lord's Supper is a powerful way to show us what He provides for us. And He continuously keys for our bodies and souls. And so this morning, the Gospel from Mark showed us Jesus' profound love and tender mercies towards His people, the crowd to his flock, to all believers. He directed our thoughts and caused our tired hearts and minds to flee to the Good Shepherd in times when it seems like our world is spinning out of control. We also don't have to work ourselves to death, even under pressure, because he already died for us and our weaknesses. We may gladly labor to his glory within the capacity that He has provided us. And He took all our burdens on Himself. Also the curse upon labors, there on the cross of Golgotha. And therefore we may also look forward to the day when we may enter our eternal rest. John, when on Patmos, heard the voice from heaven saying about that day, Write this, blessed are the dead, who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, for they may rest from their labors and their deeds follow them. And then one day we may enter the feast that our good shepherd will provide for us. The feast of the Lamb, of which the refreshment on that day on the green slopes near the Lake of Galilee pointed towards. Our Lord will then 
bring his exhausted people into his heavenly glory. Let us receive this word of rest and refreshment from God in faith and gladness. Amen.